Hey there, I'm Helen Ornelas, and I've been a life insurance, long-term care, and Medicare broker for over 20 years, helping thousands of clients during this time. I've come across all types of cases, questions, and calls from people who are in planning or in crisis and provided solutions. So welcome to the On Life Podcast with Helen Ornelas. Listen, you know as well as I do that taking care of important things in life is motivating, empowering, and even inspirational. You're thinking, what does this look like? If you're a business owner, executive, or someone who wants to know, what do I need to know about life events, how to prepare, where can I get help, you're in the right place. These life events will be coming your way, and you will receive these phone calls from your family, siblings, in-laws, grandparents, business partners, and friends. What calls do you think are coming my way? Let's find out. I'll be sharing stories, solutions from me, my clients, providers of service, and others that can help you now or in the future. We have the toolbox here on life, so if you're ready, let's get your toolbox loaded up. All right, Trevor, welcome back to part three on the employee retention series that we're doing. And we have spoken about the need in part one, how to solve that need in part two. And now we're going to talk about how employers can fund everything that we've been talking about. And so you have uh, unique ways to do this. And then also share with us uh, some examples of how this has really worked out for some companies. So fire away, go for it. Okay, great. Well, it's awesome to be back. So, yes, so we talked about, quick recap, finding the right plan for companies and employees. Then you've got to think about funding it. So the choices are you don't fund it. You cross your fingers and hope that when you get there, you've got the money to pay for it. If you're Coca-Cola, that's what they do. Right. Your average business person, you should be really managing that future liability. So you need to fund it. Right. So what are the options to fund it? Well, there's really only a couple of ways to do this. You either put money into some kind of taxable account. Right. There's no there's no tax deferral. Right. You know, it has to be taxable, right? So whether that's putting it into a savings account at your at your bank every month, you start sucking money away or you invest money in mutual funds or stocks and you you hope that the stock market right. over time grow your money sufficient and, God forbid, stock market crashes <laughs> in the future just when you need to put it out. Right, right. But, but that's, that's a methodology. The other way, which is most popular with companies, is to use some kind of cash value life insurance, okay? So the reason life insurance is the preferred vehicle is that it does a number of things, okay? So we're putting money into a life insurance policy. The cash grows tax-free. Tax Correct. And at some point in time, the company who owns these policies – will be able to take money out of those policies tax-free to the company and then pay those benefits out to the, to the employees based on the terms of the agreement that has been set out prior. So I now am putting money into a, a life insurance policy 
okay, with a view to that money grows, I then can fulfill my obligations downstream. Mm-hmm. Money comes to me, the employer, tax-free. I turn around and pay it to you. I also get to write off that expense because it's a, it's a deduction to me right. and you the benefit, and you've got to pay tax on that as, as income as if it was a normal pension for a 1K, you know, withdrawal or so on. Okay. It's just taxable income. So now I'm getting the benefit. I'm, I'm getting the benefit of that. Now, life insurance. What is life insurance? Life insurance is life insurance, right? There's a, right. There's a policy on people. If you die, Helen, and you will die. Yes, Helen, we all will. <laughs> you know, at some point in time, right. right, there's a death benefit, which is paid by the life insurance company to the company. Correct. Okay. So what that is going to do is this. Whatever I've paid you out in, in benefits, okay, you live a long, happy life, and I've paid you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. At some point. And thank you. Thank you, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Sometimes, some point, some, you and every other employee who has a life insurance policy is going to die, and the company is going to be able to recover every dollar of expense. Correct. Cost of funding it, the cost of paying you the benefits, is to get every dollar back and make a profit. Right. Okay. I don't know how big the profit will be, but there will be a profit. Right. Which, as a business owner, I may or may not see. If I'm a 30-year-old business owner, I'll see it. Right. If I'm a 60-year-old business owner, maybe my family, my heirs and beneficiaries will see it. Correct. I'm actually creating a legacy for my family, even if I personally don't get the benefit in my lifetime of the end of, of the plan unfolding. I will get the benefit from you staying with me and building my business so I get the benefit while you and I are working together. I may not get the benefit downstream, but my family will. Correct. How it's designed, right? It's a foolproof plan because life insurance is in a death are certainties, right? Right. So, or, or it may perpetuate to the next business owner. The other important reason for life insurance is this. And this is in, is that remember we have we set out the legal agreement between you and me, right? One of the clauses says we'll cover what happens if you die in service, correct? Okay, or you vested for these benefits. Well, if you die Helen, in service because I have life insurance on you, I can now. Keep fulfill those obligations to your family, right? Okay, and I may be able to give them all that money now when they need it, rather than wait until they you would hit your benefit age. Correct. I can protect your family, Helen. Should something, God forbid, happen to you, and I have to tell you, we've had a really sad story this week. Hmm. One of our largest clients who has, I think they have 82 employees covered with these types of Wow. Very, very large. Wow, yeah. CEO in his early 60s, 
Apparently, there was some kind of car accident. He oh, my gosh. I'm not quite sure what happened yet. Right. But he, whether it was a heart attack or he was struck by another car because he was trying to help, don't know the details. But here he, he's, he's, he's no longer with us. Oh, my gosh. It's terribly sad. Mm-hmm. But because he, there's life insurance. Right. Company is going to be able to take care of his widow, give the you know the, the promise, right? And it's millions of dollars, right? And the company will also get to to keep millions of dollars, sure. So that unfortunately, the plan works, right? It's, yeah, it's so sad, but it, it's it's so unexpected. But that's so that's, that's what insurance is for, right? What it's for. So right. that's the reason that we use life insurance. It's because at the end of the day. Our plans is not really about making money. It's not really about cost recovery. That's nice. Right. It's, it's really taking care of our employees. Our right. key employees are really important, taking care of them and taking their, care of their families. And this is the only vehicle that does that. And there are different flavors of life insurance. Right. Different types of cash value. We can get into that in a in second. But the concept of why cash value life insurance, it's the only investment type that allows us to grow our money tax advantaged. Mm-hmm. And we receive it tax free. And in the event of a death, we accelerate all of that money to us to help the key employees, heirs and beneficiaries. And so there's no, there's, there's, to us, there's no other choice. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been in this business for 25 years. You've probably been in it longer than I have, but there is a relief when you're working with a business owner or a person when they finally get that coverage in place because they're like, oh, now I go on vacation or I can do X, Y, Z, or I can get this off my plate. I don't have to think about it anymore. Should something unexpected happen, it's good. You know, this isn't like knocking at the back of my head anymore. And that can also be for an employee who's sitting at that desk thinking, how am I really going to take care of myself and my family when I retire? Because right now, most people just have 401k and social security. And you really do need that extra push of a pension type income to put the third stool or the third leg on that stool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. And we, we have employees of that company already calling us saying, you know, we've lost the CEO. I'm, right. I'm really concerned. Is that going to affect my retirement benefit? Right. Because it's a really, it's so important to me. You know? Right. And we've said, don't worry. It, yeah. Everything is, we're all good. But, but yeah. Oh, how once, interesting. Yeah. Once employees have got this, they, boy, they. They're hooked on it. Yeah. 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 Do you have other funding strategies or things that you want to share with our audience? I do. So there's, we've talked about life insurance as being the preferred way. Now I'm going to talk, there's three types of life insurance that we typically, you know, that are typically used. Okay. Most financial advisors will, if you, if you talk to them in our space, they will work with companies and they will put them in a variable, a variable life policy. Okay. A VUL, very right. And what that is, is the money that's invested is invested in basically the stock market. Right. Okay. And that's very popular with advisors because they're all about, you know, the upside potential, the markets. Yeah. Plan. That's their home. 
That's where they and live. The thing, right? Yeah. The problem is the stock market does go up and down. Right. And so if you are looking to build a pool of money that you can take from, and it had better be there when you need it. Right. And with the stock market, there's no guarantee it's going to be there, right? Nope. <laughs> right now, we're 30% from where we were. A year. Oh, yeah. Everyone's taking a little dart in the butt right now. So, so seriously, do you really want to put money to fund an obligation that potentially may not be there as planned because you know, a war or this or that? Or right. So we say that's ridiculous. I don't like it. I hate it. I don't yeah. want to gamble, frankly. Right. So we use what's called an, an IUL, Index Universal Life. The key thing is you still grow money. It's still based on a stock market performance, like a like an S&P 500. Which right. The difference is it has a floor of at least zero. Right. So every year you kind of figure out what the stock market has done, and they give you some of that growth. If the stock market tanks, right. you just get a big fat zero at the end right. of the year and you haven't earned anything. So they take the risk out of it, but you can still grow your money tax-deferred, tax-free, and, and so therefore whatever you put in it is going to still be in it regardless. And so you, there's a much better chance that the money that you are anticipating being there to pay the benefits is going to be there, particularly over the long period of time. Right. You know, if I'm promising you something in 10, 15 years' time, we've got 10 or 15 years the market is going to go up and down. Right. But we don't care, provided, A, we don't lose any money when the market right. goes down, and over time we'll get the returns, right? Correct. So we, we use that as our as our primary chassis. And I say there are different types. We think this is the best one for that reason, okay? And, you know, at the end of the day, some companies say we want to be more aggressive than have at it, right? Right. But we think that it's a gamble that's not worth taking. Correct. I agree. So so then the other question is, is this is the unique thing about this as well, is that when we sit down with clients and we look to put these plans in place, underpinned by life insurance policies, we know in all probability that within a group of employees, there may right. be some of them, which are not insurable. Correct. They may have they have health risks. They may have had cancer, heart attack, stroke, whatever it is, right. that knocks them out of the equation. Correct. So what we are able to do is to still offer them the same benefits, but we use the life insurance policies, the vehicles of the other plan participants to fund the obligation. So now this is no longer about Helen has promised this. We have a life insurance policy on Helen and Helen's policy is going to fund Helen. Right. Now we have multiple policies as an asset. Correct. That we use to fund the obligations to everybody who's on the plan, regardless of whether they have life insurance or not. Correct. Okay. Yeah. The only difference is that if I don't have a life insurance policy on an employee, then I may have to change the terms of their agreement in the event that they die early. 
Right. You may have to push it out or something. You may have to push it out. A bit. Right. That depends on my situation and so on. Correct. So but in general terms, I can still take care of everybody, you know, give the same benefit, even if I can't put a policy on each person individually. So that's a big advantage. Right. And the next thing is, do you want to use your money? Right. Usually not. <laughs> or do you want to use somebody else's money? To right. Fund so what do I mean by that? So normally, life insurance, whatever type of policy that you have, insurance, you have to pay the premiums. Right. And everyone's familiar with that. So, and, and we have we have many clients that say we want to pay the premiums. We happy. We know what the monthly expense is going to be. We understand there's no guarantees in what it will produce, but you know there's a pretty good chance that we're going to get what we want to do right. this. We know we're going to get the cost recovery. We're happy. We have other clients that say, well, can we borrow the money from a bank? Correct. To finance these premiums. And we'll use their money instead of our money, but we'll just pay the interest on the loan. Right. This is called premium financing. This is a strategy that is used by very, very high net worth people in this country. About 86% is the number. Mm-hmm. They do this, so they are transferring wealth from generation to generation by having massive life insurance policies. But instead of them paying the premiums, the bank are happy to lend them the money. Right. Okay. So that's what premium, we can do this now in the corporate space. So and why would we do this? The reason we do that is this. If my business is making 20% net. Right. Okay. Why would I take money out of my business, which is making 20% year on year, where I can borrow money from a bank? It doesn't really matter if the interest rate is 3%, 4 5%, 6%, 7%, 7%, because I'm looking at this as a, cost of capital exercise. Right. Okay. If I can make more money from my money in my business that keeps multiplying, I'm going to use leverage. And though interest rates are now artificially high right now to deal with inflation, right. I know that as a businessman, they're going to come back down the other side as soon as possible because we can't live on 7% interest right. rate for any period of time. Right. But, we all know that. We've been in business a long right. time. So so for, it's less about interest rate I'm paying, more about what's my cost of capital to finance, fund this type of plan. Now, what's the benefit of premium financing, apart from the fact I'm using somebody else's money? The benefit of premium financing is you end up with much bigger plans. Right. So essentially... More horsepower. I, as the owner, have more horsepower, yep. and most of that extra horsepower comes back to me as the business owner. Right. Just like those rich people on Palm Beach Island, where near where I live, I'm put on the island, <laughs> using premium financing to really juice up their estate and, and take care of the taxes downstream. Right. The same reason I, as a business owner, might want to use premium financing 
because I will get much more bang for my buck, but it's a different risk profile. So that's why when we, we sit down with clients, we focus on number one, the employees, truly what's the need, who do we need to, to take care of? What's the best plan design that's going to be sticky, affordable, you know, achievable and realistic? Right. It's interested. And then we talk about the different ways to get there. And there's more than one solution, one more than one funding option. And that's a question of understanding a client's risk profile. Let's say, is the company growing? Right. If I'm growing, my revenues are growing, then it might make sense to look at premium financing because I know that my re- it's a bit like buying a house, right? I start off my mortgage right. with 30% of my salary, <laughs> I get pay rises, and therefore it becomes you know, right. a lot more manageable and so on because my cash flows get bigger. But if I'm in a company and maybe I'm stable, mm-hmm. I'm not growing, right? I, I'm pretty much going to do you know, $10 million of revenue every right. year. It may go up a bit, down a bit. Then why would I do premium finance? makes sense for me, right? Because there's a bit more of a risk element to doing that. And so we can we can take that risk off the table and do it without any risk at all. So, so therefore, there is no one size fits all. And anything that we do, we have lots of different ways to, to, to get to fund a plan and that we don't care which way our client goes, it's got to be right for them. Right, because you can do also a combination of both, right? Where an, an employer might put a little bit of money in the game and then do some financing just to kind of manage it that way as well. So however the funding works for each individual business, there is a solution for that. So Trevor, I want to talk about the next thing that comes up every time we have a meeting, and that is these words. This is too good to be true. Right. So, yeah, and you've heard it a thousand times, right? Right. Because I have. <laughs> and this is particularly when we, when, this is when we're talking about the premium finance. Right, true. It, yes, yeah. It's not so much the pay-as-you-go. Right. Because those plans tend to be smaller right. by design, and they're designed to get you just what you need with the cost recovery. Right. Premium financing plans get get silly, right? Like I mean, they get very very big numbers, big returns back, which is the power of compounding. Correct. The power of long term. These are long term plans, right? So these numbers get pretty pretty big. And so what we say to people is, although these are very big numbers and they look too good to be true, you're not going to get that money next week, right? Next year, five years' time, this money will be coming over the long period of time. And if if I've got a life insurance policy on a 30-year-old, this plan is unwinding in 50 to 60 years' time. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. So so these are long-term plans. So whilst it looks, oh, my gosh, it's too good to be true, what we're really doing is building long-term generational cash flows to you and your family, almost like another business enterprise. Right. But it's not a lottery win. Right. More of a long-term cash flow income play for the owners of those policies. So 
And it's hard you know, people to see the number because we just show that. And what we try right. to do is we say, okay, let's say the net net on a plan. And I know that and it's going to okay, could be in the, in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. We just modeled one the other day. The net 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 to the company was something like $350 million. Right. Well, what we do is to make it real, we take that and we discount that number by 5% down to the day's dollars. So we say, okay, even though that you ultimately gross $350 million. Right. In today's dollars, that's about $15 million. Right. Okay. Into, so it's almost, if it all happens, you'd net, that would be. Right. That's, so by putting these plans in place, you've given yourself $15 million like today, which is a lot of money. Right, right. Right. But so that's why we try to explain, show people that, that it's not too good to be true. It's just math over a long term time horizon. And we try to do the reality check and say, this is true. It's very powerful, but it's not $350 million in today's dollars. It's right. more like $50 million in today's dollars. So I want to kind of regroup and we talked about the need of retention of employees. We talked about how it can be solved in episode two with different ways to incentivize both young employees and business owners, middle-aged and some of the older to stick around. And then in this third episode here, we spoke about how, how it can be funded. And I want to just kind of talk about that this can be for a couple of lawyers like we spoke about. This can be for a company of 10, 20, 30, 100. It fits for whatever size your company is and you want to retain your employees and there's a solution and a way to fund it. So Trevor, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and give me a closing statement. And then after that, I'm going to let everyone know how they can get a hold of us so we could talk to them. Right. So I think it has been so much fun. Yes, thank you. It is. I think that by listening to these podcasts, your listeners should have a good understanding of the options that, that are available for, for a very specific, tailored solution to attract, retain, or reward key employees. Our solution, we haven't talked about this, these solutions also work beautifully for business owners themselves. Yes, that's a whole nother podcast. We can start small and we encourage our clients to start with a small plan mm-hmm. and focus on the most important people. And then what happens is typically clients will add policies as they go through. I mentioned, sadly, the guy who died today had 82 policies. They started off with, I think, seven. Oh, my gosh. That's such a great story. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is not, this is a living, breathing. And right. the other thing that we haven't talked about as well is we're not in the business of setting up a plan and selling a bunch of insurance, wave goodbye to you. Right. What we do is we manage the plan. We manage every aspect of it. We help with the accounting, third party administration. It's a yearly, every year we, we are we are working and we work month to month, but this is right. a continual this is a this is a continual partnership relationship that, that goes forward pretty much forever. Right. 
It's not a transaction, it's a relationship. I appreciate you taking a moment to slip that in there because I forgot. (laughs) That's probably one of the most important parts, right? Uh, For any of us that are in business, it's not transactional. It's relationship-based. We're partners in this thing. And uh, it does get reviewed every year. And uh, you can add people and, and there are people there to answer those questions all the time. Trevor, thank you so much and super excited to have you as a guest and you'll most certainly be on again. So Trevor, we will put your contact information in the show notes, but if you want to give a shout out real quick here, the best way for them to get a hold of you, let let it go ahead and do it. Right. So our website is www.theatticusgrp.com. My cell phone, I always give my cell phone. Sure, yeah. 561-523-3947. And it's almost a 24-hour service. <laughs> and my email address is trevor at theatticusgrp.com. And I'm sure Helen will be able to put up that, that information yep. later. And, and please then- call me, email me, be, I'd be happy to, to chat things through. Uh, with, with with you and Helen. So. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just mention if you uh, heard uh, about Trevor on the podcast, that's always helpful. And I want to thank everybody. And Trevor, we'll be talking soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Helen. This has been fun. All righty. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of On Life with Helen Ornelas podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share with a friend. And if you haven't already subscribed, rated, and reviewed on your favorite podcast player, please do. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly, helen at ornellosinsurance.com, H-E-L-E-N at O-R-N-E-L-L-A-S insurance.com. In closing, this podcast is dedicated to all who believe in preparing for the future and beyond.